Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. We talk about the goodness of God, and we will continue to talk about the goodness of God. I love this subject because it really changed our life. Amen. Last week, we finished at Psalm 125, verse 4. The Bible says, O Lord, do good to those who are good, those whose hearts are in tune with you in NLT. So we conclude that last Sunday sermon that God is good, and if you want him to do good to you, you need to walk in the good path. You need to show good to people, love people. God bless us not for ourselves, but so that we can bless other people. Today, I would like to continue to talk about the goodness of God. And if you look in the Bible, you will see the reference of the word, the good land, so many times. When God took his people out of Egypt, the land of slavery, they were in slavery. God looked at the lands in the world and he said, I'm going to pick that one and that land is for my children. You need to understand that the children of Israel were the covenanted children of God. We now grafted into the Israel as the covenanted children of God as well. Whatever happened to the children of God in that generation will happen to us today because we are in the same covenant, the covenant with the Father. And God picked the good land for them. And when God gave the good land to them, what did they do? They needed to possess the land. They needed to live in that land and enjoy the fruit of the land. Everyone say, enjoy. They should not just look at it and dream about it and do nothing about it. They must go in, possess, live in it, and enjoy it. Therefore, the word the good land, spiritually, for us today, it doesn't mean just a piece of land, a good real estate land. But it means the good life, the enjoying life. The good land means a good life, which means the life of plenty, the life of safety, a life of enjoyment, a life of prosperity, success, Protection and divine health. Our God in heaven, He is our Father. He wants His children to live a good life. And you can see that in the book of Genesis chapter 1 already. When God created Adam and Eve, He put them in a good place called the Garden of Eden. And when you look at the last chapter of the last book in the Bible, God came back to establish the good land again. The new city, Jerusalem. We are in between the Genesis chapter 1 and the Revelation chapter 22. So God's plan has never changed. He still wants all of us to have good life and good land. Unfortunately, many Christians do not understand this truth. Therefore, they are afraid of enjoying life. They are afraid of having nice things in their life, nice car, nice clothes, nice building. They feel even embarrassed about it 
They don't want to talk about the blessing that God gives to them. If God gives them a nice car, they try to hide it. They don't want to drive that car to the church because they're afraid that other members will see. So they hide a good car at home and drive a junk car to the church. And when they get a nice house, they don't want to mention about how much they have to pay. They don't want people to know. And they may even try to give excuses, or apologize that, oh, you know, I have a good deal. I get a good deal. Because they are afraid that people will know that how much they have to pay for that house. And that is a wrong idea. Because God still wants us to enjoy in this life. And he wants us to enjoy in heaven as well. Our God is a good God. And he wants us to possess the good land, or live a good life. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your father has spoken to you, do not fear and be discouraged. So do not fear of enjoying life, and don't be discouraged if you enjoy life. When God promised you to give you something, will it be automatically yours? No. Will it be automatic for you to enjoy that? No. What you need to do is to go in, get it, and possess it by faith. So today, we're going to learn about the good land together. I will read many, many scriptures pertaining about the good land. Deuteronomy 125, the Bible say, They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us saying, It is a good land, which the Lord our God is given us. When the spies came back from the land of Canaan, they saw the fruit, they saw the rain, they saw the ground, and they say that, wow, this is a good land that God has given to us. In fact, when the children of Israel heard that, they should be celebrating and jump up and down and say hallelujah. But they did not because there's some problem in their attitude. They should have got in and possessed the land because that land is for them. So they should believe and trust and convince that God is a good God. And God wants them to possess the good land by faith. Look at what happened to these people. In verses 26 and 27 in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Wow. They saw the good land. They heard about the promise of God. They realized that God promised them the good land. But the problem is they were not convinced. They were not persuaded that God is good to them. And this is the problem to many Christians nowadays. We call this subject unbelief. They walk in unbelief. They did not believe that God is good to them. They thought that God's promise Oh, God's goodness is too good to be true. So they rejected the goodness of God. They had been in Egypt for a long time. Their mind, their thoughts have been brainwashed by the Egyptians' thoughts. So they're still living in Egypt, even though their body were outside Egypt. 
They still have the mindset of Egypt that God is not good. We just poor slave. We're gonna have to suffer for the rest of our life. When you read this scripture, you can see that a spirit of unbelief, a spirit of fear, has been working in them. The spirit of fearing disappointment. They say, "Don't get your hope up too high. Don't have a big dream. Don't have a big vision because it's too good to be true. We're not gonna get in there. We're not gonna possess the land. The giant gonna kill us. We just." People on earth here, we are not walking on the water. We are not going to get into that land. They did not get excited about the promise of God. So this is the big problem, even in the church today. Some parents love to put hopelessness in their children. When their children get some excitement about something, maybe the children want to get a bike or get a nice toy, the parents may say. Oh, kids, don't put your hope up too high. We don't have money to buy that toy. Just sit down. Just sit down there. Don't think about this big dream that you have. You know why the parents do that? Because they themselves don't believe in the goodness of God either. Because the parents do not have faith either. So they imparted that doubt and unbelief into their children's heart. I want to encourage parents in this room. Train your children to have faith. Train your children to walk by faith. When they have a big dream, you need to encourage them. You say, "I'm going to pray with you. We're going to believe God together for the things that you dream for. Our God is a good God. Let's believe God together. Let's pray together that He will provide for you. And you sow the seed. For example, if your kid would like to get A good bike for the camp this year, or next year? Not this year yet. Next year, you will say, "You know, Mom cannot buy for you now. We have tight budget, but your God can give it to you. Why don't you sow a seed of toy to your neighbor? Because when you sow, you will reap. And let's sit down together and pray that God will provide for you a good bike." And you stir them up in faith. They believe that God, the good God, gonna give them a good bike. And after a few months, God perform miracle. They get a good bike. And I tell you, after that experience, they will never fear anything anymore. They will know that the good bike doesn't come from Santa Claus. The good bike doesn't come from the mom and dad, but it comes except my kids. They may think they come from mom and dad, it, but it comes. I'm just kidding, but it comes from God. And from now on, they will say that I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not going to live in fear and doubt because when I sow the seed and I pray, God will give me a house, a car, a job, a spouse. I'm going to believe and persuade it that my God is a good God. We need to train our children to walk by faith. Amen. Many believers lack faith in the goodness of God. When the pastor say, "You know, you are sick, and God can heal you," and they say, "No, no, 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 no. God want me to be sick. I don't think that God can heal me." Or you are in debt, and the preacher say to you, "God can set you free from debt. 
You say no, 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 no. God will not take care of my financial need. I don't think God is that good. I think it's too good to be true that my debt gonna be paid off. It's too good to be true that I gonna be healed. Actually, God is so good. Last Tuesday we have a pastoral meeting, and we gonna pray for a father of our member who flew back to her hometown to visit her father in the ICU. The father got a stroke, coma. And while we were sitting in the pastoral meeting, the Lord spoke to me. Pray that this man gonna be safe and healed, and not only that, he gonna see Jesus in his dream. So I pray according to the Spirit. And our God is so good. Two days later, 24 hours later, I got the email that this man woke up from coma and he accepted Jesus Christ. And he told the daughter, our member, that he saw Jesus in his dream. And Jesus told him in the dream that I care for you. So he accepted Jesus Christ. He was a strong Buddhist, but now he came into Jesus. Not only that, this sister can witness to a lot of people in the hospital. God is a good God. Amen. We need to trust God that God can perform miracles. We either accept the goodness of God. And live in plenty, in good health and miracles. Or we're going to reject the goodness of God and live in poverty and sickness. We need to make a choice. I want to encourage you. The goodness of God is greater and bigger than our own weaknesses, our own failures and mistakes and sin. His goodness is so big and is better than what we know. He's good, and we think he's good. But he is even better than what we have experienced and what we know. So we need to believe that God is good. The spies got into the land. They saw the good land flowing with milk and honey. They saw the rain come from heaven. The ground was really good. Everything, the atmosphere was very good. But they saw one thing: the giants, big giants in that land. The devil started to speak to them. Wow, it's impossible. Even though God promised you this land, but you will never get it. You're going to be killed in that land. They began to talk negative. They start to think that God is not that good. Even though He say we get the good land, but there are giants in that land. God is not that good. So they began to complain. Like today, the economy is too bad. The price of the gas is too high. The economy is bad. Things go bad. Everything is bad. So we're not going to get it. So if you begin to think that way, you have to be careful because you are following these ten spies and the children of Israel. Sometimes you plan something, you have a big dream, you want to see something, but then at the same time you see some negative things: the giants, the hindrances, and the mountain. And you begin to focus on the mountain and that block you and the giants, and you begin to listen to the devil that oh, it's impossible that I will fulfill the dream, the big dream that I have. It's impossible that that vision gonna be real in my life. Don't put your hope up too high. We just people on the ground. We are not flying in the air. We don't walk on the water like Jesus Christ. Don't put your hope too high. My dear brother, sister, don't listen to those kind of comments. And sometimes those comments come from Christians in the church. Sometimes come from our family members, from our friend. Don't listen to those comments that don't put your hope too high. Don't have a big dream. God is not that good. It's too good to be true that we're gonna live a good life. Don't listen to those things. 
Don't be like the ten spies that they don't believe that the good land belongs to them. Their unbelief choked the goodness of God. Do you know? No matter how much good God is and how powerful He is, your unbelief will stop the flowing of the blessing and the goodness of God into your life. In this sermon, I want to encourage you to walk by faith and not walk in fear and doubt. God, in this series of sermon, want to get you higher from here to the next level. Every Sunday you come, I have faith, and I expect that you're gonna go higher. Everyone say higher. 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 You're gonna go higher in faith. You're gonna go higher in love. You're gonna go higher in anointing. You're gonna go higher in the things of God, in the goodness of God. Why do you need to go higher? Why do you need to go higher? Because people under you need you. Do you know that God's people are connected to their leaders? If the leaders have poverty mentality and have fear and unbelief, all the people under them are gonna have poverty mentality and fear and unbelief. If the parents in this room have the poverty mentality and fear and unbelief, the whole children, the whole house gonna be full of fear and unbelief and poverty mentality. So it's important that we all gonna rise up. We're gonna go higher in faith. We're gonna go higher in belief of the goodness of God. Amen. So people under us will come up with us. Our wife, our kids, our grandkids will come up with us to the next level. Everyone say higher. higher. How many people want to go higher? Yes. I expect that you will go higher after this service. Let's go up higher together by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Let's say God is good. His will for me is always good. God's goodness for you, His good will for you is not only for spiritual things. It's not just to have anointing to lay hand on the sick and cast out demons or to preach the gospel. But His goodness will be manifest in also your finances because you need money to fly to preach the gospel. Also in your health, in your materials, in your physical body, and in your emotions. The goodness of God will be working in every arena of your life. So you need to have that faith that you can live a good life, exceptional life compared to other people in the world. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 10, the Bible says, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. This is a spiritual law about the goodness of God. Listen carefully. This is the way God bless you. Somebody else have labored, and now you are entering into the fruit of their labor. Somebody else laid out a foundation, build a building for you, pay for you, and then you just move in. You move into the things that you did not build. That's how God worked for you in His goodness. How many people like it? You look so excited. That's what happened to my home. I moved into a dream home after somebody built for me. They built that home for me. But I prepared this sermon and said, wow, this happened to me. Somebody built it and do everything that I need, everything that I wanted. It's all done. I just moved in. Is that great? You move in, you slide in. Everyone says slide. You slide in to the city that you did not build. 
You slide into the blessing that you did not even invest. Amen. Look at verse 11. I like this one. Houses full of all good things. Everyone say all. all. Good things. Which you did not fill. Horn out wells which you do not dig. Vineyards and olive tree which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full. Let me ask this question. Does our good God give us only what we need? No. Our good God will give us also what we want as well. Because the Bible says, houses, not just full of what you need. Just bare minimum. Just what you need. No. He said, houses full of good things. But religions tell us, oh, God care only what you need. But the Bible doesn't say that way. The Bible says that God is so good that he's going to give us good things. All good things. Good houses, good cars, good clothes. Do you believe it? Some of you may say, oh, this is too much to believe. It's too good to be true. If you live for God, God prepare a mansion for you in heaven. And Jesus said that, pray that God's will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our mansion in heaven will be better than our house on earth here. So if God can give us a good place to live in heaven, you think God will give us a good place to live on earth here? So God can give us what we need and what we want as well. Amen? All the good things can be given to us by the goodness of God. Let me share with you something quickly. If you understand the goodness of God, you need to understand one fact. The best financial deal is not always the will of God. The best financial deal is not always the leading of the Holy Spirit. You need to be led by the Spirit of God. If you are led by finances, you are led by how much you have to pay, you may miss the will of God. You get what you pay. Is that right? You get what you pay. So if you can afford and God wants to give you good gifts, and you say, this is not a good financial deal, and you miss it. You know what? Sometimes you pay more now, but you don't have to pay more later, because that thing will last long. And you pay more now, you can save a lot of money later on. And that's how the medical field works. We do the best for the patients, so that, actually this morning, one of my patients asked me, a rep called me about the bone growth stimulator. And that bone growth stimulator will cost about $2,500. Should I get it? I say, yeah, I'm the one who asked him to call you. Why have to pay this $2,500? Actually, she doesn't have to pay. Medicare pay for her. But I say that if your fusion failed because you want to save $2,500, you have to go back to the hospital and the bill for refusion of your neck is going to be another $30,000. You're going to pay $2,500 now or you're going to pay $30,000 later on the chance Maybe 2 or 3%, you have to pay $30,000. I'd rather have your neck feels good. You can go back to work. You can enjoy life rather than going back to the hospital again and have to go through another eight weeks of healing. Time is valuable. So sometimes you don't go by best financial deal, but you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Are you convicted? Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 13 to 16. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oath in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods 
of the people who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. So the Bible says here that after the goodness of God come upon you, you get nice things, God bless you. The Bible says, don't forsake God. Don't forget God. Still go to church. Still serve God. Don't enjoy the material things and back off from serving the Lord and forget about God because you may be in trouble. You need to continue to love God and go to church and serve God no matter how much blessing you get in your life. You need to continue to serve the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 7 to 10 say, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Everyone say good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of wines and fig trees and pomegranate, and a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. The Lord will bless you. According to the scripture, the good God will bless you in every aspect of your life, not just only spiritual life. Every aspect, materially, financially, physically, emotionally, according to this scripture. You remember Psalm chapter 34, verse 9 say, Those who fear him will not be in want. If you fear him, you will not lack any good things. It means you will have everything that you need in your life. Amen? Amen. God will provide for you every aspect of your life. Materially, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You need to believe that the good God will meet all of your needs in every aspect of your life. We need to believe that God is good and he is even better than what we know. We will not limit him. We will not give excuses by saying that, oh, no, it's not for me. It's for somebody else. We must believe in the goodness of God. We must believe that the goodness of God is for us, not only for other people. Let us purpose in our heart that we will not walk like the ten spies and the children of Israel in that generation. What did the ten spies do? In Numbers chapter 13, verses 21 to 23. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Sin, as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Heman, Sheshai, and Talmai, and descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron were built seven years before Son in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. Listen carefully how good the land is. One cluster of grapes, they carry it between two men on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranate and figs. A cluster of grapes was so big that need two men to carry on a pole. How good the land is. Is something good in that land, is that right? They saw with their own eyes. They experienced themselves that something good was waiting for them. Let me encourage you. Let us be the people of God who dare to believe that God is good. Who dare to have a big dream 
when God gives us a vision to do something. Amen. Yesterday, I have a meeting with a group of Mandarin-speaking sisters who want to help me translate lesson into Mandarin. We're going to record this uh, Monday tomorrow here afternoon, and we were thinking about sending the teaching material into China, and we believe that. We need to have a big dream that the teaching gonna impact millions of Christians and millions of people in China. We need to have a big dream, not just a small dream. We must take over the land for Jesus by sowing that seed of the Word of God into the land. We must believe that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than what we can ask and what we can imagine. Amen. Everyone say, "I dare to have a big dream. I dare to believe." That my God is a good God. Number chapter 13, verses 27 to 29. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. They said, no, 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 no. We're not going to get in there. We're going to be killed in there. The goodness of God is too good to be true. We're going to be in trouble. We cannot take that land. We're going to back off and go back to Egypt. Unbelief. They say that, look at iron chariots, look at the big walls and all the giants, and we're going to be destroyed in one minute when we move into the land. The children of Israel did the same thing as many Christians are doing today. Many Christians complained and never believed in the goodness of God. They never think that God is good to them, so they live in lack and poverty They live in defeat all the time. So today I want to stir you up. Don't do like these children of Israel. Numbers chapter 13 verse 30. Then Caleb. I want to be like Caleb and Joshua. Now look at a good example. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Wow. Caleb said, we're going to believe in the goodness of God. I am convinced, I am persuaded that God is good and his promise is real. He shall fulfill his promise. Let's go up right now. We saw that the land is good. Those giants is a piece of cake. We just bite it. They will be gone overnight. Easy, piece of cake. Amen? You can see from this story that we learn one spiritual principle. The good things of God are given to us by grace. Did the children of Israel deserve the good land? No. It was given to them by grace. But they can receive or possess it through faith. Everyone say, good things come to me by grace. And I will possess them by faith. The difference between the ten spies and the Caleb and Joshua is the issue of unbelief and faith. 
Joshua and Caleb believe that God is good. They say that the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. They say that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We can do all these things through Him who strengthened me. We're gonna take over the land. Nothing is too hard for God. Everything is possible with our God. They have the faith, spirit of faith. Amen. Look at verses 31 to 33 in Numbers chapter 13. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Did God give them the good news that they're going to possess the land? They changed the good news into the bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. Listen carefully. We are grasshopper in our own sight. What problem is this? Their own attitude. They see themselves weak and fail. And little people. It's their own sight. And so we were in their sight. This is the trick of the enemy. They will try to make you see yourself weak and poor and failure. You need to see yourself strong, anointed. The goodness of God and the blessing of God is upon you. Amen. These people are afraid of the 500, 600 pounds giants. They say that God's goodness is too good to be true. Let's come to the reality of life. We cannot take that land. It's impossible. What happened after they practiced unbelief? Their future in that generation is a big failure. Instead of experiencing, eating, the good things of God, experiencing the goodness of God. They die young in wilderness. They turn the good report of God into the bad report. We should not do that. In Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 to 2. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. So the people like to listen to the bad report and believe in the bad report. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in this wilderness. Ooh. These people, instead of believing in the goodness of God, they believe in the bad report. Let me ask you, did, had God changed? Had his plan for them to possess the good land changed? Did he back down on helping them to take the land? Did he have enough power to give them victory over the giants and those fortified cities? Yes. He never backed down. He never backed off in helping them. Who backed off? They. God still wanted to give the land. God still wanted to bless them and give them the good land. But the people who back off are those who walk with unbelief. They are not convinced of the goodness of God. Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 to 9. But, I like that word now, but. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out of the land, tore their clothes. They got mad. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel. 
saying, "The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Exceedingly good land. God did not give you just a good land. Exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us." Then he will bring us into this land and give it to us—a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. We can eat it. If we talk today, they are just a piece of cake. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. You notice that these two men agree with God. They agree with the promise of God. They are not walking in fear. They are not walking in unbelief. They trust God. They say that we're going to get that land, piece of cake. Get in. God is on our side. The protection on them is gone now. God is with us. We're going to win. We're going to take over the land. Amen. Look at the grapes that we carry with two men. Look at the beautiful waterfalls. Look at all the beautiful land. Can God give us nice things? Can God give us nice car? Yes. Can God give us good jobs, yes. left over, plenty, yes. more than enough? Yes. God can. Do you believe it? Yes. Is that the will of God that we have plenty, yes. more than enough, yes. good health? Yes. Do you need to believe it? Yes. Amen. You get what you believe. If you don't believe, you don't get it. These people don't believe. That's why they don't get it. But Joshua and Caleb believe. Come on, get in. Come on, we're going to process the land. Come on, good things are waiting for us. Get in right now. Joshua and Caleb could not convince these people. They did not listen to Joshua and Caleb. What happened? They experienced the dry, parched wilderness for 40 years. Instead of going into the good land with cluster of grapes and Fruit and pineapple, bananas and corns. They can feed their chicken and their dogs and their cats, and they can enjoy the good things of God. What happened? They experienced forty years of desert snake, lizard, and scorpions. Enduring the heat of the desert, they all die young in that wilderness because of unbelief. Their unbelief can be a type to the Christian in the church today. A portion of the body of Christ believe that it's God's will for them to suffer lack and sickness, and they even quote that this is God's will for me. I don't really understand, but poor me. God want me to be poor, to be lacking. God want me to be sick forever. It's God's will, and I just plan a new church. And the name of my church is the first church of the cactus and the wilderness. My church just eat lizard and scorpion and snake every Sunday. We don't have much. We don't believe in good life. We just have to eat scorpions and snake and lizard every Sunday. It's the first church of the wilderness that shows poverty and lack instead of plenty and good. My dear brother and sister, you may think that I am a prosperity preacher. I'm not. I'm preaching the Word of God. The book of Deuteronomy and Numbers are in the Bible. The book of Philippians and the book of Genesis are in the Bible. I'm preaching from the Bible right now. I believe in the goodness of God. I'm not a prosperity preaching. Amen. 
God give us prosperity not for ourselves anyway, for the gospel, so that we can fly to China, we can fly to Japan, we can fly to Thailand, we can fly to Europe to preach the gospel. It's not for us anyway. Amen. Let me conclude this teaching. It is His will for us to experience His goodness. Amen. We should say like Joshua and Caleb. I don't care what these people say. I'm going to believe in what the word of God say. I remember that vineyard that I saw in the promised land. That vineyard will become my vineyard. I remember that mountain that I saw. That mountain will become mine. Definitely Joshua and Caleb got kind of delayed of processing the land because of the problem with these people. They got delayed. By the time they got in, they were 80 years old. But they never back down. They never back off. They dig their heel on the ground. They stand in faith. They keep having faith that God is going to give them the good land. They never back off. And eventually, they got in and took the land, possessed the land, and enjoyed the fruit of the land. How many people want to be like Joshua and Caleb? You will never back down. You will never back off. You will never lose your faith. You keep believing. You keep pressing in. Until you get the good land for your life. The good life. The life of plenty and enjoyment. Amen. We're going to fight a good fight of the faith. Amen. Until we can see the manifestation of the goodness of God. No one can force us. But let us all in this church experience the goodness of God. To the point that people outside who don't believe see your life and say, Wow, why your life is so good. And you will say, come, test and see the goodness of God. My God is a good God. Come to my church and experience the goodness of God. Let me read a few scripture to convince you that God is good. John chapter 10 verse 11, the Bible say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Everyone say, God is my good shepherd. Matthew 7, 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Everyone say, good things. Not junks. Not bad things. Not broken things. Give good things. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Bible said that the Holy Spirit is a good thing. The Bible called the Holy Spirit, good spirit. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 20. You also gave your good spirit to instruct them. Psalm 143, verse 10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. One way that God gives good things to us is to give us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent, is the person who brings good things from heaven into us. Christians who understand the goodness of God and the Bible will never reject the Holy Spirit. Want to be filled with the Holy Spirit want to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. The more the Holy Spirit you have, the more good things you will have. Amen? Our church don't reject the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to fill His people. So today, after the service, after we close the sermon, 
I will pray for people who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the fire of the Spirit of the Living God. Some of you may say that if I don't get the fire, it's going to be wasting my time or not when my pastor lay hand on me. I want to tell you this: when you come out to be prayed for in the name of Jesus, you will get the Holy Spirit. You may feel nothing. You may not feel any goosebumps. You feel any heat. But you know the Bible says that at least the laying on of hand is the way of blessing people. God used the laying of hand, like Jacob lay hand on his grandchildren. Aaron lift up his hand to bless the children of Israel. So no matter what you feel, you get some blessing through the laying on of hand from heaven. But I hope you also get the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it's good to receive the blessing from God anyway by the laying on of hand. God give the laying on of hand to the church so that God's people can receive the blessing from heaven. Amen. How many people after listen to this sermon believe that God is good? How many people gonna take side with God's goodness? How many people will be like Joshua and Caleb in this generation? How many people say God has a good land for me? Everyone say exceedingly good. Amen. You believe? You gonna stand on your faith? You will not back down? Back off? How many people want to enter the promised land? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for reminding us from this story of the children of Israel regarding the good land, the promised land. Father, we don't want to change your good news into the bad report. We want to believe in the goodness of God. We believe our Father in heaven has prepared a good life for all of us, Lord. The life of plenty, the life of safety, the life of enjoyment, the life of divine health and prosperity. And so that we can bring the good news to tell people that our God is a good God. And the goodness of God will lead people to repentance, Father. We thank you, Father. May you heal your people in this room of their sickness. May you, Lord, get rid of that debt for them. May you meet their needs and give them more than what they need, Father. Lord, may the goodness of God be manifest in this house. Because this house believes in your goodness, Lord. We are ready. We're going to go in. We're going to possess it. We're going to enjoy the fruit of that land that we did not build. That we did not even labor. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we receive by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone in this room who don't know God yet, who don't know Jesus, and you're not sure that you are born again? I'd like to encourage you to become a child of God today. I want to say one thing. By background, I'm a neurosurgeon. I'm not a preacher. The reason I preach to you the message from God because God is so real to me. I was a Buddhist when I grew up, when I was growing up. And when I get into the medical school, learn how to be doctors, I began to discover the Bible. And after I read the Bible, I accepted Jesus Christ. And Jesus is so real to me, God is so real to me, that I cannot deny that He is real. Whether you believe or not, God is still real. And God is good. But join in to believe in God. 
I'm telling you not as a preacher. I'm telling you as an ordinary man who still go to work every week, Monday to Friday, making a living, lose sleep, being on call. Because I want to let you know, God is real. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm not to try to sell you because I'm a preacher. Try to sell you something so you can join my church. No, I'm trying to tell you the truth that God is real. He's real to me, and He's going to be real to you. How many people want God in your life? Raise your hand up. Let's pray with me, Father in heaven. I want to experience your reality. Lord, I want to turn away from my sin and follow you. Thank you, Lord. You died for me two thousand years ago. You shed your blood on the cross. Who paid the price for me? Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. You were raised from the dead on the third day. I receive you, Lord. I will follow you. You are my good God, my good shepherd, and you will give good things to me. I receive by faith salvation, good life, prosperity, good health, miracles, protection, safety. The favor of God, the blessing of Abraham, in Jesus' mighty name, we receive. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's turn to each other and say, "God is so good to you. God is so good to you." 